You are now tuned into Virtually I'm Possible Presents Lazy Learning Land Podcast, where we teach teachers how to be lazier yet more effective to increase student performance but decrease teacher burnout and stress. I'm S. Dot, your hostess that always gives you the mostest while doing the least. Today's episode is sponsored by Virtually I'm Possible's Teacher Pay Teacher Store, where you can get secondary math activities and games that are color changing, self checking, no prep, and no grading. Visit Virtually I'm Possible on Teacher Pay Teachers for all your lazy teaching tool needs. Now for today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Lazy Learning Land Podcast. I'm Estot, and I'm just so excited to get into what I have in store for you today. Today, we are going to talk about collaborate or else. What do you do when students refuse to work in groups? So let's just dive right into it. But before I do, let me break you off with this little bit of a disclaimer. So this post this podcast episode on collaborate or else is going to give you some amazing advice that actually really and truly works however comma dot 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 (laughs) none of this really comes out of a textbook or is backed by some sort of scientific research um it has been developed by me over the years tested and forged in the fire of working in title one inner city hood schools for over 15 years so what i'm sharing with you it works not just in theory but it actually works in practice if you choose to proceed and i do hope you choose to proceed Please do so with an open mind, because like I said, some of my ideas, some of my methods, they may come across a little bit unorthodox, but I promise you they get results. So first, let's start off with these uh, usual suspects of these students that just absolutely refuse to collaborate. You see, at some point in time, I am sure that every single one of us or every educator has said to themselves, it can't just be me. Like, it it just can't be me. Like, you want to do this really cool game or activity in your classroom, but there is at least just one student, just one, who downright refuses to work with others. Now, the list of usual suspects are the shy, introverted student, The one that I work in a group, but I won't work with the people you want me to work with. And then you have the one that's, I don't want to do it because I just don't want to do it. Plain and simple. You have a student that is in clearly in defiant mode. Either way, these are your typical top three usual suspects for refusing to collaborate. And Choosing, you know, like it just seems like they choose that specific day to just really feel like testing your boundaries. When you're ready to go in there and just funk this teacher thing, they decide that they want to test your boundaries. So what in the heck can you do about this? I mean, in another scenario, you know, 
while these kids are being defiant or in the same scenario, rather, class time is ticking away and you have to make some decisions pretty quickly on what to do or you will lose the rest of your students who are willing to participate and collaborate. You really want to blurt out to that kid or to those kids that just refuse, hey, collaborate or else. You really, that's what you want to say from the inside. But if you handle the situation, any of these situations the wrong way, there really could be some negative consequences on all fronts. So what is a teacher to do when you feel like your hands are tied? Well, my friends, that is exactly what I am here to help you navigate. For me, one of the most important parts of this is starting to create that culture of collaboration within your first weeks of school. And I honestly mean like the first week of school. Collaboration is a very large part of my classroom culture. And I truly start that process the very first week of school. Like, yes, the first week of school, my students complete at least two collaboration activities. And at those times, I give my disclaimer that they will be working in groups multiple times a week. So let's just break this ice and let's get over it because it's happening and it's not going anywhere. I also inform them that I will be pushing them outside of their comfort zones when it does come to working in groups and communicating. Along with it, I try to like make mention that I will that I'm going to build them up as we go. So I'm not going to just have this high expectation of group work and collaboration and just expect them to figure it out. But I let them know I'm going to be with them every step of the way. I'm going to build them up and up to it to the point where they feel comfortable enough to really just take off and soar with it. But I do put it out there also that they have to be willing to meet me halfway and be willing to trust the process because I know that it may not make sense the way I go about it or they may be kind of unwilling but I tell them if they meet me halfway and trust the process I got them now that we've gotten that out of the way I know some of you are like literally rolling your eyes at me ready to click off the podcast because you're like hey I am well past the first weeks of school. So obviously what you're trying to tell me is not going to help me. And I'm going to just throw back to the loving words of Steve Urkel from Family Matters. Now slap my pet. There is still much that can be done to get your students to collaborate or else, even if you are so far gone past those first weeks of school. I want to start off with the usual suspect of the defiant student the one that just outright says I ain't gonna do it because I don't want to do it and you can't make me do it because you not my mama or you not my daddy they might not say the mama or daddy part in high school like where I work but they do say everything else anyways let's get into that part um Like I said, this is the student that does not want to work in a group just because they don't feel like it. Today, instead of putting their right sock on first, they put their left sock on first and it just totally threw off their whole vibe and their mojo. And they just don't want to do it. The absolute worst thing that you can do with the defiant student is to blatantly tell them to collaborate or else. Like avoid giving them that outright ultimatum because this is going to cause an even worse situation that will lead to getting into a power struggle with them in front of the entire class. 
And then you've got all of your students looking at you and you're getting ready to lose your street cred if you don't handle the situation properly. So please, please avoid the power struggle with a defiant student. Now, contrary to what most teachers believe, we actually do not have control over any of our students. The best we can do is to just lay out our expectations and then provide a positive or a negative consequence that accompanies the decision that those students decide to make. But we cannot truly force them to do anything. And when you get into the mindset of, I'm going to make you, that's when you get into that power struggle. And that's when things can go left really fast. And you can end up downtown at the county office because somebody done filed a complaint, even though they know their child don't even behave at the house. But again, we'll save that for another episode. What do you say to the defiant student? See, for the defiant student, I tend to gently remind them that collaboration is considered a part of participation and it is required for this activity. And I say, you know, hey, if you're refusing to collaborate, then you are technically refusing to participate which can result in you not receiving a grade for the day because technically you did not perform the activity or participate in the activity as prescribed or as planned or as explained for the entire class. After you break that down to them, there's like a 50-50 chance that this particular warning will motivate them in your favor But in the event that it absolutely does not, they are completely not phased by getting a zero or an F or 50, whatever your district allows you to give. They're not phased by that at all. I then remind them that, hey, I have other students waiting on me. And as much as I would love to continue to go back and forth with you, I can not. So if by chance you are having an off day today and you just really don't want to participate, I can arrange for you to go sit in a neighboring classroom and you can just kind of sit in there, chill out, have that as a cool down and we'll try again tomorrow. But we don't have to make this a situation where you get an F and a write up or a referral in the same day. Like we don't have to take it that far. So you just let me know what you would like to do. And again, at that point, I still reemphasize the fact that they will receive a zero or an F for the day because technically they did not participate in the assignment as assigned to the entire class for that particular period. Now, after you have said all of that, you do have to be ready to back that thing up with some action. So what do you do? Ideally, you would like for this student to cave in and truly like collaborate or else. And oftentimes they will, especially if they know you are serious about giving them that zero. If you are serious about calling home, whatever you have kind of dangled as a carrot to hold over their head to try to get them to comply. If they know that you will seriously follow through with that quote unquote threat, then, you know, And that this is a part of your culture, that that collaboration is a part of your culture. So they got to know that collaboration is a part of your culture and you're not just picking on them. But two, that you will follow through with whatever carrot you dangled. Most likely they will cave in and participate. 
But you still want to give that student a choice. Honestly, because in essence, they would have picked their own poison and they cannot accuse you of targeting them because they made a choice. Red pill, blue pill, they picked a pill, they picked their poison, and all you have to do is follow through with whatever you said you were going to do. If by chance that is sending them to another class, just be sure to send them with an assignment or something to work on so that they are not disrupting the other teacher's classroom. I do make it a point the next day after I have sent them to a neighboring class to have a one-on-one conversation with that particular student in the hall before they even enter my class. And I ask them, hey, are you doing better today? And is there anything that you need for me to feel more comfortable with working in groups? Because yesterday was just kind of off for you and and I just want to support you the best way I can. I use this as a temperature check to see where their head is at, to see if they're still pissed off at me or not, still holding any grudges. But I also use it as a way to show them some compassion to let them know that I see them and I hear them. And uh, this way, the student does not come into the classroom the next day with animosity from the previous day. It kind of de-escalates things before they come in with that mindset of just being a total and complete pain in the butt. Transitioning, let's move into the I don't like them student. I would really like to say that by the time students get into high school, you don't have to enforce collaborate or else that they are able to just pretty much get along with everyone, even harnessing in the skills to put aside differences and feelings for the greater good of completing the work. I would love to say that they have developed that skill. But this is not always the case and majority of the time, it's not the case. So if I have a student that refuses to work in a group and it is not something along the lines of someone in that group is bullying or teasing them or they have been threatened by someone in that particular group. I proceed with the tactics that I am going to cover with you now. Another exception would be if there is like some underlying beef between the student that's refusing and another student in the group I'm trying to put them in. I do teach in the hood and there have been actual occasions where I've had students refuse to work in certain groups because neighborhood beef spills into the school, whether it's beef directly between them and the student in my class or it's indirect because of friends or family. However, I do in that particular situation or in a situation where they feel like they've been bullied or teased or they feel threatened by a student in that group for that student's mental health and also for their actual safety. In those cases, I will allow them to go work in another group. Notice I said another group. I did not say I free them from collaboration in general. So back to the student that just says, I don't want to work now. Because I don't like them or I just don't want to work with them because I want to work with somebody else. What do you say to this type of student? So, again, if none of those things that could be a threat to the student's mental or physical health. um, Look, I go into my life lessons spiel as I continue to implement my mission of collaborate or else with my students. I really go into a life lesson lesson. See, I I talk to the refusing student and I say something like, now, do you think I like every adult that works on this campus? And they'll usually say, no. 
But there are times where I still have to work with them, right? Yeah. So do you think my principal, my boss, would be okay with me not doing my job because I don't like someone? I'd rather work with someone else instead. And they'd be like, no. Am I allowed to come to work and give less than my best because I don't like some of these people at this school, at the school on this campus? And they'd be like, nah, miss. So after I've gone through all of that, I tie it all together by saying, exactly. Because it's about business. It's about business. And what I need to do at work to give my students my best and the best that they deserve, I have to keep it about business. And sometimes that means putting aside my personal feelings so I can do what is in the best interest of you all so that I can show up and show out in my job because that's my job. I also throw in there, I don't talk to most of these people outside of the schoolhouse. When I leave campus, I leave them here on campus. But when I'm here, I do have to collaborate and I do have to make this a great place for others to work, but also for you all as students to learn. And I didn't say y'all had to be best friends, but you all need to respect each other enough to be polite, to be cordial, and to stay focused on the task at hand, which is my assignment. That's what you should, you know, along the lines of something that you should say. But again, after you talk, you can't be all talk and no action. So you got to put some some actions behind those words. So what do you do? At the end of my whole life lesson spiel, usually the student is willing to try to work in the group. In the event that they still won't give in to my collaborator else mentality, I give them the same option I would give the defiant student. Hey, you can either participate and earn your grade for today, or you can go to a neighboring class without earning a grade for today. The choice is yours. So I'm going to start on the instructions. And in about three minutes, I'm going to check back with you to see what you've decided. Some of y'all are questioning in the back of your mind. Well, why didn't you offer that student to just go work in another group? <laughs> Baby, let me see. It's simple because the moment that I would have done that, there was and, and my other students saw that there was no mental or physical safety concern, I would have had three more students do the same thing the next time they're required to work in groups. Trust and believe me, the rest of the class is listening and they are watching intensely to see if you cave for that one student. And once you cave for that one student, you've lost your street cred. And others are going to press their luck the next time. And some will be even as bold to press their luck that same day. You really would have lost your class because the moment you try to throw collaborate or else at them, <laughs> you bet your bottom dollar they are going to throw this most recent incident into your face as exhibit A like you are in the court of law and you are on trial, honey. The number one piece of evidence as to why you have to let them switch groups or you have to let them out of collaborating because you allow somebody else to do it. And it really was not for a good reason. 
So I make sure I instill in my students that, yes, you do have the ability to make your own decisions. But what you do not, and I mean what you do not have the ability to do, is to alter the culture in my classroom or the nature of my assignments. Now that is what you cannot, shall not, and will not do. Moving right along into the the shy, the introvert student who just doesn't like people. When you are dealing with students that have this type of personality, they're shy, they're introverted, I know that the title of collaborate or else sounds quite harsh. Well, in in a way, it kind of is. I mean, I do know for a fact that there are students that unfortunately suffer from social anxiety. And then there are students that have learned what to say and do over the years to weasel their way out of having to work with others. And I ask you, what boss in real life, in grown up life, at somebody's job, will they accept the excuse of, I can't do my job because I don't like people? What boss is going to accept that as the reason why their employee is not producing and performing as expected per their job description? Honey, child, I can tell you, not very many. And at best, they may end up with a boss that will point them in the right direction of jobs that they can do that may be better suited for their lower level social capacity meter or social meter capacity. I don't teach English, y'all. I teach math. So what are you supposed to say to this shy, introverted student? I do tend to handle these students with a lot more compassion and care. I lower my voice. I talk a little softer, a little sweeter, just a little more. You know, I, I, I put a little bit more TLC in it when I speak with them. I do hold their hand a little bit more during this collaborate or else stage. Because as the teacher, if you act as a familiar landing place while your student is working in groups, it really works wonders. You see, by providing them with suggestions for things that they can say or the things that they can do to start inserting themselves into the group dynamic, by coaching the other students on how to say things or things that they can do to make sure they include that shy, introverted student, It really does help to be that soft landing place and that like little little piece of comfort and familiarity for them. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) What did you miss? How did we go from that student, that shy, introverted student? How did we go from them absolutely refusing to work in the group to them actually working in the group? Well, first, you know, I do like a little miniature survey for my students and I ask them, hey, what would make you feel more comfortable with the group members here? If they don't know, then I ask them if they would be willing, you know, if they would like for me to join their group for a few minutes. So I said something like, well, since you're unsure what would make you feel comfortable, would you like it if I kind of sit and join your group for a few minutes and just kind of uh, work with you and just help you until you get a little bit more comfortable with the people you're going to be working with in class today? Sometimes I'll accept it. 
because they really feel like they need the support. Sometimes they'll decline it because they just don't want to feel like they're being babied and they'll actually still try. But in the event that this does not work, I try to explain to them about the culture of my classroom, how it's a culture of collaboration, how collaborating and working in groups is not going anywhere. It's something that's a part of their weekly participation. And I would really like for them to try to be brave today and try something different. I do try to emphasize that I'm willing to do baby steps with them until they feel safe. But the important thing here is for them to face their fears in a healthy way. I also let them know that working with others is a life skill. So it's bigger than just today's lesson. It's bigger than just my class. This is a life skill that they want to start working on now while they have safety nets so that they can be more of an expert at it once they become an adult and it's expected and required and non-negotiable for them. It is true that too much pushing during the collaborate or else stage can break a student that is in such a fragile state during that moment. So for this particular child, I say, I will give you one get out of group work free card. But if you use it today, that means you don't have one for the rest of the year and you will have to work in a group no matter what. So I'm going to take a few minutes and let you think about that. I'm going to get through the instructions and then I'm going to come back and see, do you want to try for today or do you want to use your get out of group work free one time only card? After I come back, I check with them and see what they're willing to do, see if they're willing to try to work. If they are not willing to try to work, then of course, just like with the other two personality types, the other two usual suspects, I offer them the opportunity to go sit in another classroom so to cool down, to kind of process, to re, you know, recalibrate so that they're ready to go to their next class without carrying this with them. What do you do? I move forward with whatever that student feels in the moment. Sometimes they want to use their card, but they also understand that the expectation moving forward is they have to collaborate. Other times they say that they're going to save it and they will do they and they actually try to do their best to collaborate. In my experience, if a student saves their one time get out of, you know, group work free card, they don't tend to end up using it later in the year. Anyway, they kind of forget about it because that anxiety has been subsided. So during collaborator else, it is really important to allow that shy, introverted student the opportunity to process their feelings and the current and future expectations. So again, like I'll reiterate, if you end up sending them to a cool down time in another class, do not penalize or threaten to penalize their grade. You just tell them how excited you are. Something like this. You know what? I am. I, I know things didn't work out today. But I'm just so excited in the future to have you stay in class and work with work in your groups. I'm I'm so excited to have you join us the next time. We'll try we'll we'll try again tomorrow. What is the difference? What is the difference during collaborate or else between the shy introverted student and the other two types of students? Well, the defiant and the I just don't want to work with them student are wanting their own way because they want their own way. While the shy introverted student is willing, but just does not have the social skills or the confidence to do it at this point in time. This is why handling them with compassion and allowing space for them to process is essential. It builds trust and they are 
they will be more willing in the future to step out on a limb with you the next time, eventually succumbing to the collaborate or else mindset. So let's bring it all home, y'all. There is an expectation from students that teachers are fair and by fair meaning they treat everyone the same. They don't show favoritism at all. If you can see, I handle all three types of students in very different ways, but also in the same way. I'm going to break this down for you. I gave each student what they needed in that particular moment. But I held all three of them to the same expectation that collaboration is an unwavering requirement in my classroom. It ain't going nowhere. So I am solidifying the concept of collaborate or else with all of them. The approach was different, but the message was still the same to the rest of my class, like to the rest of my students in my class that were watching the entire time. They saw me stand my ground, which is a major point in maintaining respect. They saw me give every student the opportunity to make their own choice, which is equally as important in maintaining respect as well. Like keeping in mind that no one likes to be told what to do, not even us as grown folks. So if you treat your students as young adults and allow them to make a choice, you will tend to get more out of them and they will tend to be less resistant overall. Yes, I tend to make their options for their choices a little lopsided. Like if you don't pick the choice of what I'm really wanting you to pick, then there's this other pretty unfavorable option waiting for you. But hey, you still get to make up your own mind. You still get to choose what you would like to do, even if it can seem a little bit unfavorable. So again, allowing those students to pick their poison because if they cave in and do it your way, it will help them more in the long run. But if they choose the more unfavorable choice, it's more unpleasant in that present moment. But either way, at some point, it's going to be their choice to make point blank period. So collaborate or else is a choice. Collaboration is a part of life. And if we allow our students to find a loophole or if we give our students an out, you best believe they are going to take it and they are going to bring four more students with them this time. And it is going to be a ripple effect until you have lost total and utter complete control of your classroom. Y'all, I don't just teach math. I teach a life. You hear me? So I work with my students on long term mindsets that will that they will need in order to be decent adults. These skills that they're going to need to pull from when they become adults. So whenever I'm attempting to push them past their comfort zone, I make sure to highlight to them that this is bigger than just today's activity. It is bigger than just my class. This is a lifelong skill that you are going to need until the day you leave this earth. I also make sure they know that I care enough about them to want them to have these skills as an adult. They may not like it in the moment, but deep down over time, they will eventually learn to appreciate it and know that I am right. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Virtually Impossible Presents Lazy Learning Land podcast. Comment below your thoughts on our three usual suspects and the tactics that we'll use to try to get them to collaborate or else. Since there is strength in lazy, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast, my blog on virtuallyimpossible.net, 
and our social media platforms, Pinterest and Instagram. Instagram is virtually underscore I'm underscore possible, no apostrophe. As you can feel at home among other lazy learners when you join the lazy learning land and virtually I'm possible communities. This is your girl S. signing off. And until next episode, remember, live long and lazy and never, ever work too hard.